0: This is the Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast, covering sports on the shore with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mike.
1: Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group, episode number 45. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley alongside, and wow, what a crazy Friday night, and really it a whole weekend how crazy was football this weekend at all levels of the game uh absolutely and
0: college nfl <laughs> youth wow <laughs> uh, yeah uh, you, you name it across the board uh yeah I, i've kind of come to expect it in the nfl these days uh but high school and college uh, at times a little bit more predictable maybe more predictable in high school than college but now college is out of control at state for his second straight week and Notre Dame Cal and just yeah and then how about James Embedded Cambridge on Friday night it's crazy crazy it, but,
1: it really is this first segment sponsored by Perrett and Moy Therapy Associates located at 460 Main Street in Stevensville let Rick Perret and the staff get you back to feeling new again accepting most insurance policies so step away from the pain by calling Perrett and Moy Therapy Associates at 410-604- Two nine eight two, man. Friday night. Let's start there. You know, we'll just go in the process of the weekend. Uh, Friday night. It was our Preston Ford game of the week, presented by Best Western Plus Easton for All Seasons and Kona Ice. And uh, I, I kind of felt like it was why high and Easton after their first uh, couple of possessions. I mean, they were pretty even. You know, why high scored on that. Uh, uh, you might as well call it a on a on a rollout. You know, a I'd, say, I'd,
0: I'd say it's an RPO or yeah, a play action.
1: Yeah, the, the lateral to Leatherberry out on the edge. And, uh, you know, they made that work. And then next play from scrimmage, Kevin O'Connor busts one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we've got an even ball game. But after that, it was pretty much all Y-High. Well, it was. It
0: absolutely was, even though y High second drive... Easton forces a fumble, but then on their third drive, a turnover on downs at y High strikes with a 59-yard touchdown pass to Leatherberry, which never should have happened. He was wide open in between two defenders. And, yeah, and then they added a field goal on their next drive after forcing Easton to punt on a poor punt. And then on Easton's fifth drive, another punt. And then, uh, you know, on y High's fifth drive, Bad snap, punt, Easton takes over, they don't capitalize. And that was a couple of different uh, times where they didn't capitalize in really good field position. I still think, Mark, at the end of the day, even if Easton capitalizes on good field position, I still think Wicomica wins. They just have better athletes. And Leatherberry is, you know, arguably outside of quarterback, the best uh, the best player in the league.
1: Well, when you think about it, you got to play a good game. okay? I mean, you have to be at the top of your game. Both teams did. Why high was at the top of their game? Mm-hmm. Easton had a lot of mistakes three times inside the twenty, and they come away with zero points. Yeah, there you go. You know, and, and then when you look at it, they had drops all over the place. They did. They Kevin did. O'Connor was not his best on Saturday night. I mean, on Friday night at the quarterback position, nah, defensively I mean, he was.
0: Yeah, I yeah, I, I put that more on the receivers. Yeah, I mean, I I think he was okay. But <laughs> now, now, that one play in the end zone, though, I think that was more the Y-High defender made a great play in knocking that out of the hands of the receiver who was just starting to bring it in. He knocks it in the air, and another defender intercepts it, I think, in the end zone. I don't put that on the receiver. I put that was a great defensive play.
1: I, and, and they did play great defense, but it was a team loss for Easton, a, a shellacking. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, Y-High took them out behind the woodshed and, and, and beat them.
0: Yeah, and, no, absolutely. And yeah. and, and,
1: and I, I, is Easton better than what they showed? I think so.
0: No, I agree with you that. Know? I'm sure they are. I don't know that would have made the difference, but you would have liked to have seen it, I guess, is yeah. the point for sure. And, and look, to be fair... You, you're not going to stop Foreman or Leatherberry. You're going to try to contain those guys as best as possible. But let's be honest, Easton's defense did neither. And that's disappointing. Yeah. So If you're an Easton fan and player.
1: So we'll see how it plays out. Um, you know, both teams live on to play another day. Both teams, they very well could meet in the playoffs. And, yeah, it'll sure. be interesting to see how all of that plays out. Um, you know, as the season goes on, uh, you know, injuries play a big part in that as well. Uh, but it, it was why high was good. Darius Foreman, our Sport Clips MVP. You know, we usually give the Maverick Transport and Freight Award to the absolute best running back. Well, we gave it to Foreman because... He had more yards than anybody rushing the football.
0: Well, line. and he's a big part of their offense with running the football. I mean, he you could argue he's their lead guy, frankly, but the, the kid can throw the football on accurately too deep down the field, and that was what was impressive as well from him. And, yeah, he had, uh, he had as big a game as Leatherberry did.
1: Our midshore exteriors protect this house award uh, went to Baptiste, uh, the left tackle uh, for High. And then, you know, for the key one, lockdown defensive player of the game, we gave it to the whole secondary of y High. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a clean sweep for them. <laughs>
0: well, and Mark, you, I mean, you were at the game, and I did see the video as well, but I thought Comico, you know, may spy uh, O'Connor. They didn't really need to do any of that. They, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, they rushed four. And even against the run, they may have had a couple guys up at times on the outside kind of playing halfway between the line of scrimmage and any slot receivers, so they may have shown you know, six guys up front sometimes. But generally, you saw a four-man front. They didn't really do anything exotic. They rushed the quarterback with four. They may have had six in the box to play the run at times. Uh, but they were able to sit back and play coverage and then against the run they just came up and made plays and impressive and you know O'Connor had time to throw the football because they were only rushing four times but when they dropped seven nobody was open and then oftentimes he would be forced to just keep it and try to run and and do something with it.
1: And and the defensive line was stout for those uh, High Indians and the linebackers played well.
0: And they have good linebackers I don't think we really touched upon that much this season but um, Coach Taylor talked about the fact they've got and I think their return Seniors, um, or at least returning starters from last year.
1: So uh, we had that all of that. The game, you know, And Leatherberry's high? a linebacker, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so uh, and then of course uh, we talked about how Griffith was upset at the end of the game uh, with the you know the nine route. Um, you know, that was called in a long touchdown to Leatherberry. That, that you know, I can't say it sealed the game because the game was already sealed at that point. Right. It just
0: made so, the margin bigger for right. them.
1: Right. And after the game, uh, the teams were shaking hands. And, uh, you know, one of the coaches from Easton said something uh, to Why High. And Coach Taylor took exception to it. Uh, can, I, can I stop you
0: there real quick? Mm-hmm. If I'm the coach Griffith. After that happened, I gather my assistant coaches and say, look, I'll take care of this. Don't say a word. I'm the head coach. It's my responsibility. Shake the hands. And same thing with the players. Move on. I'll take care of it if I have a problem with it. So I don't know. Maybe that was said. Maybe it wasn't. But I don't think it's the assistant coach's job to make a statement. That's the head coach's job.
1: Well, and uh, in full disclosure, because I am a part of the you know yeah. the Easton staff as their JV and have no Friday night responsibilities, I asked Griff about that. And he took those coaches and put it aside. And Taylor and Coach Griffith talked after the game. And Griffith, you know, Taylor asked him, why didn't you talk to me about it? And he says, well, I was going to tomorrow. They, they talked. Mm. you know, I'll call you about it tomorrow when it's over and done mm. with. We've had time to chill out. Um, you know, and Griffith took that coach, pushed him aside, and got everything separate. Yeah, he shouldn't have sent anything. Right. So. It was said, um, and then there were other accusations made of a player being pushed and what have you. Um, and uh, so there's an investigation going on with all of that. That's amazing. You yeah. know, that the, the way the whole thing shakes yeah, it's, out. It's,
0: it's disappointing to hear. But, yeah, if there's something like that after the game, that's the head coach's responsibility. As you just said, he was going to take care of it, but for the assistant to say something that just speaking out of place well, or out of turn.
1: Maybe, but at the same time, football's a game of emotions, and they just got the best of it. Yeah, that's so, true. That's true. You know, um, but anyway, so it was said during the handshake line and all that. And, uh, you know, we reported. We were right there on the field when, you know, when, after all of this took place. Yeah. I didn't get to see what, you know, what happened and the accusations made or what have you. Yeah, you covered but, it. But we knew, mm-hmm. yet Coach Taylor was upset. I mean, mm-hmm. he was on the phone with his athletic director, and, you know, it was uh, it was a scene, so to speak. And uh, it finally, it calmed down. We got to talk to all the coaches and, and all of that. But it's just, it's a mess. And once they get it all sorted out, I think everybody will be cleared of wrongdoing and what have you. It's just, it, it's a shame that it even got to that. Because really, there's no place in the game for
0: hotheads. Right. Well, let, well, let's talk about the play. So, my perception of what Coach Taylor said after the game was that, we didn't call a pass play there, based on the eastern alignment. They decided to audible and and go to that play. Now, you know, in my opinion, ultimately, you know, you could tell the players, "Hey, look, we're just going to run the football out here. There's no audibles. There's no adjustment, etc." And I think the bigger point, though, is that if one of those two players or anybody that was a starter in the game at that point, when the game was well in hand, if anybody had gotten hurt. It wasn't worth it. Why Why do that there? Now, obviously, that's his call. He's got to be responsible for that. So I think that's a fair question to ask. But on the Eastern side of things, defensively, second-string defense or not, it's your job to stop the offense. And as I mentioned on Overtime Live Friday night, Mark, in my opinion, if I'm a backup, okay, I'm one play away from being a starter, potentially, then... I want to get that work in. I want to go up against the best. So, I, I'm not feeling sorry for the Easton second team defense that they got beat by a first team uh, wide receiver there. It's their job to stop them, and they should want to get that kind of work. So, I, that to me, I'm not feeling sorry for them there. The bigger question, though, is that, you know, was it worth doing it? Why do it there? And, uh, again, if somebody had gotten hurt, if Leatherberry tears his ACLs out for the rest of the year, why in the world would you have had him in there? Um, look, if, if there's a, a backup or something that's gassed, and, and that's why you put him back in and I think he alluded to something like that.
1: you But call then. a timeout
0: then. Call a timeout and, and let the guys get a blow so that the backups can stay in the game. You don't have to put starters in.
1: Alright, so going back on that question because I asked Coach Taylor. You did. You asked all the, the game, tough questions, Barry. Yeah, I
0: give you credit for that. I asked mm-hmm. him
1: after the game about the play call mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, Easton he had in their second team D and what have you and and I don't get me wrong, I don't have a problem that they scored, okay? Mm-hmm. You brought up a good point. Injuries. Coach Taylor addressed that question with, well, the the backup for uh, Foreman, the quarterback, mm-hmm. uh, had a broken collarbone, so he couldn't play. Mm-hmm. And you had Malik Leatherberry's backup was on the sidelines for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're asking them to run a nine-round. I don't care what defense, first team, whatever. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it's 37-14? Thirty six fourteen. What? Uh, anyway, that, yeah, yeah, um, and, and we're under a minute. Yeah, thirty seven. Thirty seven. We're under a minute yeah. left, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so the game's the game's over. I mean, you could just down. Yeah, you know, so, victory formation. <laughs> Griffith's yeah. not going to call a timeout. They said, and Coach Taylor said, Easton called a defensive formation that they didn't like and weren't comfortable running against. Okay, but you brought up. You just said it. You could have taken a knee. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or you could have just run the ball anyway if you wanted to run the ball. You didn't have to throw a nine round. All right? People are going to look at that like you ran up the score. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if that's, if, if, the, if you're okay with that, then that's fine. Just like the previous week against North Carolina, the game is cinched and put away, and you go for two instead of kicking an extra point.
0: Yeah. Now, were the backups in or starters in? The starters
1: were in. Okay. All right? You elected to go for two. So you're developing a history here of piling on, so to speak. And again, I don't have a problem with it. Your job is to score touchdowns. Yeah, your it, it, your it's opponent's not... job is to stop that. Well, absolutely. Okay? Absolutely. But yeah. at the same time, at some point, you're not going to have a foreman – a leatherberry uh, and on all these other players and you're going to be on the other side so don't be crying baby when it starts happening to you because they remember back to weeks two and three of 2022 Mm -hmm. when you were running it up on them and look, it,
0: it, it may be something too philosophically that look we're we've got a goal of winning a state championship and winning the base side and really trying to run roughshod over teams and 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 make a statement that we're the clear number one and that this program is back and so on and so forth. And look, that's that's their purview and that is I mean ultimately Agreed. it's not our responsibility. It's not our worry if somebody gets hurt if they're playing starters when the game's well in hand and all that. So um, yeah, that again, that's their choice. But yeah, perception obviously is, you know, does that do you any good at that point to not have backups getting experience in and if a starter gets hurt, but hey, that that's their calling all that and and maybe it's more of a, hey, we are trying to make a statement in this league regardless of who's in, etc. And, you know, again, that's that's certainly their prerogative. Look, it's an outstanding team. I hate all the drama stuff. I really do. I like to keep it on the field, but there was obviously some of that Friday night.
1: You know, and again, just to clarify, I have cause I, I I can hear it now. Well, Potter said, "Then no. Potter's okay with you scoring as many touchdowns as you want because yeah. it's not Joseph m- my w- job to stop you." Joseph W. McCartan Insurance has given up fifty dollars right. for every it's touchdown. It's good. We want more Sc- score. <laughs> score as much as you want. I yeah. don't. I don't care. And yeah. and I don't care that Easton couldn't stop you. You know, it, I don't care if if a player gets hurt. That's on your conscience. It's not on mine. And and it's one of those things that you're playing football. Score as many points as you want. But at the same time, just remember, it'll come back on you. And it's going to happen to you. And then don't start crying. Because I've seen many coaches that have run scores up and then started belly aching when it was happening to them. Mm -hmm. So, and, And not saying that Isaiah would. I'm just saying that the team community... Right, you got it good right now. Ride that ride and and bring a state championship back to the Bayside. That would be awesome. Yeah, I hope they pull it off, and I hope they beat the opponent hundred to nothing in the state championship game. Whatever, but just know, karma is a dangerous thing, and it can come back on you.
0: Let, let's go back to the field for a second, Mark, just quickly. In the same way that Easton was opportunistic with field position and some turnovers against Ken Island and really helped to win that game, conversely, they did not do that here, and that's what really hurt them. We'll talk about Ken Island coming up and how fortunes changed for them. Uh, but bottom line is yeah, Easton could have played better, no doubt, but I think Wycoming goes the better team. It's a shame it wasn't a closer game, and let's hope that maybe Easton gets another opportunity and uh, sees if they can't play them a much better game in the playoffs. But that said, yeah clearly why Comico and is, uh, is the number one team right now.
1: My goodness, 16 and a half minutes on this first game. That's okay. it, <laughs> it had a lot to, it had a lot of peels to the onion to uh, to discuss. Yeah, we're gonna wipe our tears. We're coming back <laughs> with more From cutting onions right here time out with Shore sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Hi folks, David Wilson Jr. of the Preston Automotive Group here. Did you know that we can deliver your vehicle straight to your home or office? You can view and purchase vehicles from Preston's complete
0: inventory online at PrestonMotor.com. Preston Automotive Group is here to ensure you get exactly what you've been looking for. We can even custom order select brands straight from the source. Integrity, urgency, teamwork, personal growth, attention to detail, community. These are the core values we live by here at the Preston Automotive Group. We're family, friends, and professionals. Visit us online at PrestonMotor.com to get started today. And this portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by the Edge Training Academy, where passion meets performance. Located in Stevensville at 112 Log Canoe Circle in the Chesapeake Bay Business Park, now offering 24-hour gym access. More information at theedgetrainingacademy.com.
1: All right. So, uh, you know, in our pre-production, pre-recording production meeting (laughs) that we had, you know, I'm going to change it up a little bit. You mentioned Ken Island. Let's get right to it. Sure. Ken Island goes down to Decatur, and I I think everybody, self-included, you know, thought that Decatur would pull that out, but I thought that they would pull it out in a close one. Mm -hmm. That game wasn't even close. Uh, It was all Ken Island or should I say it was all Casey Heath (laughs) you know the Ken Island defense obviously well
0: yeah yes I mean uh, Casey Heath played a part in this game no question but Ken Island took advantage of of three turnovers by Stephen Decatur to the tune of 17 points if I had that correct and that uh, was as big a part of the game as Casey Heath was but yes early on the Bucks right out of the shoot went right down the field, and uh, that was culminated by a McAndrews uh, touchdown pass to, to Tucker. Tommy McAndrews to Claxton Tucker. They missed the extra point to make it 6-0. You know, Decatur responded and went down the field. Actually, it was a tipped ball in the end zone The Kent Island uh, defender got his hand on, but Luke Murgot made the catch. They went up 7-6, but uh, yeah, Heath with a touchdown on another drive, made it 14-7, and they converted on the two-point conversion. There was a turnover on a mesh one play by Decatur. Kent Island recovered, so they had really good field position. Another Heath touchdown rush, 21-7, and uh, then uh, Bryson Coleman had a pick six. The route was jumped and it just kind of went on and there was another fumble and a kickoff return by Decatur later on and Ken Island uh, kicked a field goal uh, to make it 31-7 and your final was what 31-14 if I'm not mistaken so yeah yeah, so it was as much about taking advantage of turnovers and that was my point that Easton-Ken Island game may have been a lot closer maybe a lot different if Ken Island doesn't turn over the ball and Easton's not opportunistic well Ken Island here very opportunistic based on Decatur but I said in my capsule I picked Decatur but I'm with you Mark I thought it would be a close game and i said this is going to be likely a growth game for kent island in the trenches where they've made their hay over the years offensive and defensive lines now, let me tell you they looked really good looked like a lot of counters some power plays as well they got heat to the outside as much up the middle and uh, yeah decatur's run game didn't have an answer and um, that's impressive to me todd apple is their defensive coordinator the longtime fort hill head coach who's won several state championships um, but that all said uh, it's a young decatur team it's a lot young Kent Island team, but they ran, yeah, they ran rough over that Decatur defense.
1: Do you think it's a case of maybe Decatur peaking ahead a little bit?
0: No, I don't think so because okay. I, I, I don't at all because they know how good. Uh, look, they're a young team, so young teams who haven't established themselves can't really look ahead. I, I don't think the coaching staff would allow them to do that. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean youth – I mean I. I can't speak for every last player, but I I doubt that's the case because they know Ken Island and they have enough of a history. Um, but if they did shame on them, um, but they, uh, they, they certainly uh, defensively uh, have some work to do there, no doubt.
1: They definitely do, and they've got a big one coming up. We'll get into that when we start talking yeah. about the upcoming games. But uh, definitely a big game that turned out a little more surprising than we thought because uh, that was originally going to be our Preston-Ford game of the week, originally uh, when I first set the schedule back in June. Mm-hmm. But uh, we changed it, of course. Uh, some other ones. Both those games of the week uh, didn't end up turning out as close <laughs> yeah. as we had hoped. Yeah. We try and pick the close ones, but yeah. uh, just not very successful there. This next segment, uh, sponsored by Midshore Exteriors, handling your roofing, siding, and gutter needs across the shore. Every detail matters, so let the Master Elite uh, GAF certified and shingle master roofers take care of your home or business today. More info at MidshoreExteriors.com. Let's jump back into the 1A. We, we knew what happened. Colonel Richardson finally playing a team from their own size. And uh, Washington was ready to play. But Colonel Richardson close in the first half and then... Colonel Richardson pulls away to a 44 nothing victory.
0: Yeah, Coach Jackson said at halftime, uh, I think he gave them a halftime speech that, hey, we're we're capable of playing much better than this and uh, let's show it. And to their credit, they did and they got it done in a strong second half after you mentioned leading 14 nothing at the half and they'll have a big matchup next week against Snow Hill and that'll give us a much better idea of uh, where those teams stand.
1: Yeah, because Snow Hill also picked up their first win uh, of the year with a 42-6 win over Arcadia and uh, glad to see that for uh, Coach Dietrich Downey because uh, uh, he's had a lot of personal stuff going on with his daughter yeah. passing away and such yeah. that uh, uh, coaching with a heavy heart, I can only imagine. And for Snow
0: Hill, it's it's coaching for. Uh, excuse me, it's getting four quarters of production out of his team in the first two weeks you know, wearing down in games early on, but then wearing down as the game goes on and obviously being one of the smallest 1A schools that is a concern when you play up against 2A teams that have, or a 3A team at Bennett's case where they have bigger numbers.
1: And let's turn our attention to North Carolina. They, took, they were on the road to Kent County. And, uh, boy, they really got it done this week, 42-6. I mean, everybody's getting it done against Kent County right now. But, you know, listening to Coach McCormick with you after the game, you know, it sounds like those kids are turning the corner now because they, too, a young squad, they're turning the corner now and uh, really putting it together.
0: Yeah, I mean, they went through a gauntlet schedule at Queen Anne's and then at Wicomico in a short week, and they, they almost had that Queen Anne's win, and that uh, that had to be disheartening for a younger team as well to have it but then not be able to finish. You know, credit Queen Anne's, who's a younger team, too, that got it done there. We'll talk about them coming up. Uh, but it did sound like, based on what Coach was saying, especially offensively, that the linemen are starting to get it down a little bit more with the wing tee and the backs and the quarterback, but it is a growing experience there. And uh, one in which though late in the year we'll see you know, how much growth uh, they've or how much uh, progress they've made with uh, with that offense and you know defensively obviously uh, you know you can't do a whole lot better than giving up six points
1: yeah absolutely Greg Lasinski over there at JM Bennett on the brink of getting a victory this week he was uh, wow. him and his clippers were leading 15 to 12 until the final play of the game.
0: Well, wasn't the – oh, yes.
1: um, Yeah, but let's dial
0: it back, though, that they were, I think, around midfield with about 40-some seconds left, and they had a victory formation of sorts type play. It it sounded to me, and I don't know if he was under center and shotgun, I should have asked that, that the quarterback was to get the ball and run around a little bit to eat clock, and I guess at some point then go down, but he fumbled the ball. Uh, when the snap took place, he fumbled the ball somewhere as he started to run, and Cambridge took over, and Cambridge got a couple of pass completions. They got a roughing the passer call, and right on the very last play of the game, a touchdown pass from Talon Middleton to Darren uh, Belazar, and Cambridge wins 18-15. And in fact, Belazar actually filled in for Middleton and threw a touchdown pass, and this one to Tasher Drummond. So Belazar had himself a huge game, and Cambridge down 15 nothing comes from behind. But Bennett is making strides. Right. They're making strides. There were a lot of positives in that uh, loss to Parkside. They had over 200 yards rushing. They had a special teams touchdown. They had 13 first downs. And, yeah, this is crushing to them, but they are making progress. And I'll tell you, Coach Pierre opened up the most he's ever opened up to me in a year plus and really talked about the, uh, the strides that Bennett has made and that's a Vikings team that beat Bennett last year and saw mm-hmm. how rough it was for them last season and said he could really see the improvement. Here Jay Coleman make mention of that as well after week one. Um so it was uh yeah, hey, but credit Cambridge though, right coming from yeah. behind. That's not easy to do and making plays and and uh, you know Coach Pierre by the way also talked about Ken Island, being a program that he's really trying to model his program after, was very spoke very highly of uh, of Coach Ferragamo and Coach Sofanowski.
1: Well, of course, uh, you know I, I think with Bennett they haven't won in two seasons. Well, we yeah. know they
0: didn't win last season, and then in the spring of twenty one, I believe you're correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So
1: uh, that's yeah. a team that just has to learn how to finish, learn how to win, yeah. and then once they get that done then hopefully they'll come a little easier for him.
0: Yeah, and it's disappointing real quickly because Hoop Gibson had a really good run going. I want to say 16, 17, 18, and maybe 15 as well. I'd have to look back. But certainly 16, 17, 18, had some really good seasons, made the playoffs. And then sadly in his final year in 19, they went 3-7. And, mm-hmm. and And so the, the momentum started to dip, and then 20 was a COVID year. And then they did have a spring season, but – Again, the the program started to wane with involvement and interest and so on and so forth, and COVID really hit them. And, yeah, the spring they were winless, and last fall they were winless. So it, uh, it's it been a long road, but we're hoping, we're pulling for
1: them that Coach Lesinski can get them a win or two this year. Absolutely. So that wraps up all of our Friday night contests, and uh, we'll talk about the Saturday contest when we come back right here. Timeout with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group.
0: If someone you know is exhibiting signs of depression or withdrawal, take time to connect. Ask, are you okay? Listen closely and without judgment. Share mental health resources. For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center is here for anyone struggling with a mental health challenge. Visit forallseasonsinc.org. That's forallseasonsinc.org. It's okay to ask for help. For All Seasons is
1: here for you. This portion of Time Out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group is sponsored by For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center, providing outpatient mental health, psychiatric education, and rape crisis services to the English and Spanish-speaking communities, regardless of one's ability to pay. More info at forallseasonsinc.org. Uh, so one of the things that we had talked about, oh, thats by the way, that's forallseasonsinc.org. One of the things uh, we talked about uh, when we were going through all these games, you, you mentioned Queen Anne's a little while ago. Uh, Parkside, uh, a much improved team. Parkside took the trip to Centerville to play Queen Anne's in their homecoming game. And they, like J.M. Bennett had built a nice lead and we're on the brink of pulling off a big victory over Queen Anne's. But if you don't know who KJ Smothers is, you need to find out really quick. Yeah. Um,
0: Just like the game against North Carolina, he had he saved his best for the second half and ripped off four touchdown runs, five in total, 35 carries for over 300 yards. But Parkside led 20 to seven at the half. Look, give the Rams a lot of credit here. You know, they come off beating Bennett. Yeah, they got an extra day of practice, but Queen Anne's, because of Washington forfeiting that week two game, Queen Anne's was more rested, had longer time to prepare, homecoming game, Parkside has to make the long trip, and yet it's the Rams who go up 20-7 to seven at the half. They came to play. You give them a ton of credit. I think what you're seeing with Queen Anne's, though, is because they're a young team, they are learning about the fact that you got to get off the fast starts, but to their credit, they have found ways to win in the second half, and that's also a sign of a team that that's getting better and learning. They still have to play first halves better, uh, but boy, uh, Smothers, yeah, p- put it on and you know uh, Queen Anne's defense to their credit. They held uh, uh, Parkside down to just six points in the second half, and they stormed back and won thirty-eight to twenty-six. So they scored thirty-one points. Queen Anne's that is in the second half, and there was a play in which Parkside was driving and may have very well scored on a on a drive that you know ultimately. Parkside may end up winning the game but Ashton Seawold had a huge pass breakup on a pass play from Luke Massierello I, I think it may have been to Aiden Brinsfield I'm not sure I know Brinsfield was the one who had two touchdown receptions uh, from Massiarello in the Bennett game the week before but uh, regardless of who it was to Seawold made an unbelievable pass breakup in the fourth quarter with around three minutes left if he doesn't do it Parkside may very well go in because they would have had really good field position and maybe Parkside ends up the winner the that one uh who knows but credit to the lions though the second half team right now and the cardiac kids
1: Yeah, they are the cardiac kids. (laughs) Al Waters got them playing good in the second half.
0: Yeah, and and look, again, I mean, credit them that they were able to overcome any first-half issues and fight back and win, and they did the same thing against North Carolina. So even though ideally you want your teams to get off to a good start, it also, I think, speaks well of these kids that they're coming out in the second half and playing well. But what helps Queen Anzac clearly, though, is having Smothers he helped them out in the first half, or excuse me, the second half of that North Carolina game week one, and he did it again here, and that's why I had the Lions ranked number one preseason was because they had a returning quarterback, but also they had arguably the best returning running back in the league, and I, I don't think I'm going out of a limb saying, Mark, that Smothers and Casey Heath are the best two backs in the conference You'd have to, yeah, I'd have to think a little bit about who the third best might be, but I don't think I'm going out limb saying they're one-two, no question.
1: Yeah, they they are pretty stout, no doubt about that. So it'll be interesting to see how that follows out. As uh, you know, now taking a look at the uh, football standings yeah. here, you know uh, you have uh, Queen Anne's is uh, now three and 0 You've got right. Wicomico three and O. At two and one, Easton, Ken Island, Parkside, and Decatur. North Carolina with their first win, they're one and two. Bennett zero oh and three. Uh, according to the Star Democrat, they break it into big schools, little schools. Mm-hmm. In the small school division, you have Cambridge two and one. Colonel, they've been through their gauntlet. They're one and two right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Snow Hills one and two. Kent County and Washington both zero oh and three. Washington yet to score.
0: Yeah, I haven't had a chance to talk to Coach Drake, but again, another another tough year, uh, tough sledding for for that Washington program. But going back to Parkside just quickly, I was really impressed to see on some of the film, Mark, that that offense, excuse me, that you know runs a, a bone and power and is a, a primarily running football team. I did the game last year with uh, Coach Griffith uh, when Easton hosted Parkside, and that'll be our game of the week on Friday in Salisbury. A very old-school type running team. It, when they had the pass, it, it, it wasn't anything of, of major note. That offense, just just from a look standpoint... It looks better and, and to have that passing passing game to have that threat um, yeah, kudos to the Rams and, and Mascarello as we talked about has worked hard in the offseason um, they look good and uh, I, I know that that's a tough loss for the Rams and I think that's going to be the question mark is their defense mm-hmm. is that their defense gave up a fair amount of yards to Bennett they gave up a ton of yards to Smothers now look Smothers is the best back in the conference so some of that is going to happen but to the tune that it did when you know you got to shut him down and they didn't uh, i think that's going to be maybe their achilles heel that they're going to have to try to fix offensively it seems like they got something going there and so parks added two and one though still you know that's a that's a good team
1: all right let's take a look at uh, what we've got coming up here this week with the high school football games this portion of the podcast sponsored by queenstown bank your hometown community bank Serving the mid shore for over 120 years. Convenient online and in person banking. Plus, they have money to lend. Get more info at Queenstown Bank. Dot com or any Queenstown Bank location. You mentioned our Preston Ford Game of the Week. The U.S. Heating and Air pregame show gets us started live from Salisbury at or 540. Rather. Matt Spence and the coach Ferragamo will be on the call. And uh, so we'll also have that game, which is going to be a good matchup, I think, but tough for Parkside in the sense that they go from a ground-and-pound type attack with... KJ Smothers to an air attack in Easton. Yeah,
0: no, you're absolutely right about that. We just talked about the defense. I wonder if Easton, though, may try to run the football more, seeing that Parkside's had trouble stopping the run, but you're right, a contrasting of styles for sure. And uh, that said, I'm wondering if Parkside takes a look and says, okay, Easton secondary, show me something you didn't last week. We're going to try to attack you in the air, and let's see if you've made
1: the adjustments. Right, absolutely. Uh, Taylor Walls is going to be broadcasting, uh, uh, giving quarterly updates at the JM Minute at North Carolina contest. I, I think that's going to be a good game. I think for Caroline,
0: their first home game, they're going to be charged up because they've been on the road for three straight games. But you're right, I mean, for Bennett, this will be a tough task. But, again, this is a younger Caroline team. Uh, We'll see how Bennett responds. I think that's going to be one of the bigger things. Forget about, you know, uh, the X's and O's and the matchups. Let's just talk about how they respond from an energy standpoint coming off a heartbreaking loss to Cambridge. They are making strides. And that just has to be something hopefully the coaching staff can continue to to get through their heads that, look, I know we lost, it's heartbreaking, but this program is uh, taking positive steps forward.
1: And you mentioned Cambridge-South Dorchester beating J.M. Bennett last weekend. This weekend, they're going to be playing host to Kent Island. And I, I've got to think it's an, it's an advantage for Ken Island to play Decatur and then go play Cambridge because they're similar offensive attacks. And and now, you know, Ken Island's going to continue to pound the ball with Casey Heath, yeah,
0: I mean you'll you'll hear Coach Sofanowski talk about the fact though that they're just worried about themselves and, and not about the other team and it's about what we do. Although I, I find it hard to believe they don't crack a little video to take a look at what the other team's doing. I know they <laughs> have know to do he does. that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know I would say certainly. I mean Cambridge, somewhat similar to, to Decatur's uh, attack, not exactly though. Uh, but uh, you know, Kent Island will look to I think build upon what they did last week and that's that's run the football, pass the football enough to keep McAndrew fresh and uh, to keep that threat there but i think they'll just look to pound the football against the, the vikings and see you know if cambridge could keep up with them I mean, cambridge had that kind of matchup against milford week one and it, it didn't turn out well for them so we'll see if they can uh, be stout defensively and, and maybe Offensively, try to keep Kent Island off the field.
1: And the last couple of games, McAndrews, his arm has been showcased as well, so uh, they're not afraid to use him in the passing game as well.
0: Yeah, he had a really nice touchdown pass that first drive I made mention of against Kent Island. They ran down the field, but it was a touchdown pass from McAndrews to Tucker, as I made mention earlier, in the right corner of the end zone. that got them on the board 6 nothing. That was a really good pass. And, yeah, he can, he can throw the football well enough for sure.
1: Yeah. All of those games start at 6 o'clock. Queen Anne's County High traveling just up the road to Kent County for a six thirty kickoff. Then you've got Washington at Nandua at seven o'clock, a Virginia team, and then on Saturday, Decatur at <laughs> y High.
0: Yeah, uh, you know round round three, going back to last year. But let's let's be fair here. These are more so with Decatur. It's a different Decatur team though. They graduated a lot of players. So as I take a look at it if why high wins this game it doesn't erase what happened last year which was a a great playoff game that they lost by a field goal heartbreaking for them i know but it's a new season and you got to look at it that way there do, that doesn't mean that there's not motivation there because you want to beat them and I, I get that but it's a new season and uh, I think you just have to attack it that way like okay we're starting over and let's go get a win against a good team and let's continue to build our resume and go
1: 4-0 and that's what they're looking to do uh, why high is when they host Decatur at Wicomico County Stadium on Saturday that one will kick off at 12 noon
0: yeah I mean the question's going to be for decatur in terms of the run defense obviously mine did and one would think certainly they're going to try to attack that and say okay you know we're going to run the football until you could stop it and you know they're still of course going to get leatherberry involved uh, i don't think that uh, you know that's going to preclude them from throwing the football mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in any stretch, but uh, certainly Decatur's going to have the work cut out for them. Uh, they'll uh, they'll come to play, no doubt about it, and they'll be motivated as well. But again, it's a brand new season, new teams to some extent, especially on the Decatur side. But you know, here's hoping for uh, you know for a good game. Uh, I know both teams will be charged for sure.
1: No doubt about that. That wraps up our high school coverage. Uh, we're going to talk uh, college now. That uh, portion of the podcast sponsored by our friends at An Optical Galleria and Hook Optics, hookedoptics.com and eisenart.net. Uh, I tell you, Hook Optics, you don't have your hook sunglasses yet, do you?
0: We're no, have to get I didn't you get a there. chance. I didn't get a chance. Mark, I've been so busy. The White
1: Open would have been the perfect opportunity. No,
0: I know, and I saw. Uh, well, actually, Bob was busy. I didn't even get a chance to say hi to Bob. Bob was busy at uh, one of the kiosks or one of the tents where they were set up there. Uh, I will for next summer for sure. I, pr- I promise you that. In fact, I need to go in for uh, an updated eye exam and to get my glasses adjusted uh, that that I have. But you're right; I need to get uh, the sunglasses. Well,
1: hook Optics aren't just for the summer. They're great for the glare of the fall as yeah. well well as the sun's a little lower sure yeah so check them out hookoptics.com if you like those other name brands you're going to like these they're they're less expensive and i like the quality i think the quality is even better so uh, check them out hookoptics.com or eisenart net. Let's turn our attention to uh, uh, Salisbury University. Uh, coming off a tough loss to Stevenson last week, uh, they beat Evan Marie forty-two fourteen. That was uh, that was quite the uh, whooping that they laid on Eva Marie.
0: Yeah, uh, almost little sisters of the poor Yeah, a <laughs> <Almost laughs> similar name. Wise. Well, Eva
1: Marie came uh. in; they, they were three and zero. Okay. So, you know. Yeah, I, mean, I
0: don't really know anything about uh, about that team. Sorry.
1: You're just bashing them. I see how it yeah. is. But, uh, uh, again, Salisbury did a nice job picking up the, uh, the victory in that one. Um, and, you know, let's look at their, their stats because there were some folks uh, that played on the base side uh, that actually play for Salisbury. Like, yeah. for instance, uh, uh, Joey Bildstein had uh, 11 carries for 65 yards and a touchdown his longest carry was a 23 yarder uh let's see uh, dario Bellazzari, two carries for 20 yards and a touchdown his longest was a 19 yarder so i mean you you've got those those guys that uh you know are playing and Bellazzari. I tell you, this is a kid that you're gonna want to watch him because I think he's gonna do good things. He's got so much speed too, so definitely a good thing there.
0: Yeah, no, and I'm taking a look here. Is that all with the Bayside players? Yeah, I think so.
1: Okay, because
0: I wanted to make mention here, and I'm just I'm trying to take a look here. Uh, Delaware had a huge win at Rhode Island, 42-21. They had over 600 yards of offense. It was just taking a look for Marcus Yarns. Unfortunately, on the ground, Yarns was just 8 for 12, uh, but he did have two catches for 18 yards. They had, I think, what, 3-6 not like eleven different guys catch passes for them, but Marcus Yarns had a Parkside who were paying yeah. attention to there.
1: Did, did Kevin O'Connor get in the game since they were up so big? You no,
0: know, he didn't. Unfortunately, he didn't. Uh, it was a conference game on the road. No, Henderson went the whole way, twenty nine to thirty four, three seventy nine, and four touchdown passes. That's uh, Coach Ryan Cardy, their new head coach, who's yeah. an offensive guy. And boy, did they did they play they play out offensively in that one?
1: Yeah, they sure did. Uh, let's stick with college, and uh, of course, uh, Virginia Tech. They played Wolford, uh, and only beat him 27-7. Wofford? Seven, Wofford, <laughs> Wolford. My son said that uh, Tech didn't play that well. Um, but uh, they're going to have to play better this week because it on the Thursday docket? night they play West Virginia. Oh, okay. Under the lights at uh, at, at Hokie Land there at Lane Stadium. So.
0: But you know that's a West Virginia team and we're going to come circle here. That's a West Virginia team that lost to Kansas. Yes. Kansas is 3 and 0.
1: Guess who Kansas plays this they, week. They also lost to Marshall. Who? who did oh, no, that's right. West Virginia didn't. I'm no, sorry. That's yeah, Notre Dame. They yeah, lost that's to Marshall. Right. Notre Dame, West Virginia, same thing. <laughs>
0: Kansas, uh, a battle of basketball schools. Kansas at 3-0 and plays a 3-0 and Duke team. And, of course, there's
1: a Bayside player on that Duke team. Jamie on Franklin. Yeah. And uh, he's yeah. been starting and, and doing well. You know, so it's kind of funny to watch. I mean, you got Duke, Carolina, and, and uh, Kentucky or Kansas they they're all 3 and 0 Kentucky 3 and 0 I think it is yeah Yes. Uh, you know, yeah, they so,
0: beat. Uh, I know they had Florida last
1: week, and yeah, they they all won these their game basketball schools. You know, they're, they're playing football. Yeah. now. Well,
0: and and let's not forget out of the state of North Carolina, Appalachian State. Yeah. I mean, are you look? People are saying don't sleep on Troy. Troy's a good program. They've got a good defense, and in fact, uh, I think uh, the, their DC is uh, Mark Stoops' uh, disciple. Speaking of yeah. Kentucky, so you know, Troy went in there, should have won that game. I mean that that Hail Mary at the end of the game wow I mean and the radio call that's been played is unbelievable but App State almost uh, almost ended up having one of the biggest disappointments ever in their program history given the fact they had sports center I see sports center uh, college game day there in Boone and they almost blew it they get it done though but how about Notre Dame they almost gave up a Hail Mary at the end of Cal which would have tied the game assuming the extra points kicked or maybe they go for two I don't know but You gotta bat the ball down. These guys trying to catch the ball. No, you bat it down and bat it down quick. You're a volleyball player at that point. And that almost hurt Notre Dame and they barely escaped and Giving uh, Marcus Freeman though his first win as a Notre Dame head coach. If
1: they'd have lost to Cal, Freeman would have been, would have been our third coach being fired this year. Wow, well, Frost from Nebraska, yeah, would Herm have been Edwards, Herm Edwards from yeah. Arizona well, that, State. Well, Arizona
0: State loses to Eastern Michigan, but uh, with the investigation going on, so it took losing to Eastern Michigan for them to oust him. I, I, he probably should have been ousted like two years ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, based on certainly based on what you're hearing. You're right, Scott Frost is out, but same Nebraska team. They got their doors blown out by Oklahoma. Um, you know, they they need a new Head coach in there. Uh, you know, Mickey Joseph obviously didn't get the job done, but they had a tough, tough turnaround for him. <laughs> oh, we're going to face the number six team of the land right. as an interim head coach, to be fair to him. Um, Maryland. They get it done. That was uh, an exciting Come game Saturday behind. night. It came from behind. They win 34-27. to But, Mark, I'm telling you, the penalties. They had, what, like 16 penalties in the game. They had eight week one, eight week two. They had f- between 14 and 16 Saturday night. That's just not going to get it done. I, I just – and at this point – this is primarily primarily the same coaching staff. I just feel like at this point, look, I'll give them another week or two, but if they don't clean this thing up and quick, I don't see this coaching staff being able to clean up the penalties. And it's going to prevent Maryland from you know, matching or exceeding what they did last year. Uh, defensively, was horrible in the first half. But to be fair, SMU has one of the best receivers in the country, and that kid Rice, who I think came in with the third most receiving yards. No, no one could stop him in the Maryland secondary. But to, be, to credit them, the defense came up big in the second half. Yeah, they had some picks, but that was primarily because of a miscommunication and a wide receiver that slipped. So, early wasn't anything Maryland did, but whatever. They, they made some big plays. They forced a fumble when SMU was going in. The quarterback scrambles, he fumbles the football. Uh, but they're 3 and 0, but they've got to face number four Michigan in Ann Armour this Saturday to kick off the Big Ten Conference.
1: That'll be a good one for sure. Georgia, they uh, they now are number one across the board in all the polls, uh, especially after whooping up on South Carolina. Line of 48-7. Alabama took on the Sisters of the Poor um, with Louisiana uh, Monroe. Right. Uh, looking at some other. Do you think th- real
0: quick? Do you think that was fair? Alabama got slipped to number two after only beating Texas by. Uh... Absolutely. Okay.
1: Yeah. I, I think it kind of. I do strength. Yeah, but I don't think
0: that gives. A, I know Texas was unranked, but I don't think they give enough credit to to Texas and some of the talent
1: well, they have. But my my point is, it doesn't really matter right now. It doesn't matter. I mean, it starts mattering when you get a little bit later on. So when they start giving the college football playoff rankings, Mm -hmm. that's when you want to make sure you're at at the top or near the top. Well,
0: putting Alabama aside for a second, can anyone beat Georgia, though? I don't know. We'll about find that. out. Man, they're playing so good. But it is a long year. Long yeah. way to go.
1: We'll find out. And uh, I'll I'll have an eyeball on Alabama this Saturday when they take on Vandy.
0: Yeah. So gonna gonna be fun, uh SEC yeah. game for you. Yeah and uh
1: wh- the, what's the name thirty the- kickoff. Okay. All
0: right. Yeah. So that gives you some time to drive. You hopefully get some sleep before you drive down.
1: Uh, well, I'm I'm actually leaving right after my JV football game. That's right, because you're on not gonna be around Thursday. Friday. Yeah, okay. so uh, right. uh, I'll do my morning show on ninety-four-three Winks FM from the road, and uh, and then uh, we'll turn around and uh, we'll get down to Alabama. Hopefully, be down there by about eleven or twelve because. I'm going to stop and get some shot eye somewhere along the road.
0: Well, you should. That's important, yeah. and you got you got time to do it. And then now, uh, what's the turnaround? You're going to be back on Monday next yeah, week.
1: Yeah, so then we're going to turn around and uh, uh, we're going to stay in our hotel in, in Alabama in Bessemer, Alabama, Saturday night, yeah. which is on the outskirts because they want seven hundred and some dollars for. You know, like a Comfort Inn, um, you in know, town. in town, in Tuscaloosa, yeah, in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, you know, yeah. so uh, we'll stay. Uh, you know, if you'd like to sleep with the roaches, you could probably find a room for about two fifty. Mm. Well, so.
0: I know they said with Notre Dame and South Bend, one of the hotels is usually hundred bucks a night. <laughs> game day, or yeah, game day that weekend, a thousand bucks.
1: Oh, it, it, I mean, and it's not and they just get Al- it. It. It's not just Alabama. I mean, oh, it's everywhere. I'm sure. Yeah. Virginia Tech, you go to Blacksburg. You mm-hmm. know, like uh, I'm going down in uh, the, the third weekend in October. I'm not going to a game. I'm just going to go visit my son because I haven't seen him since the middle of August. And going down the middle of October, and like the Comfort Inn is 127 dollars. All right. Game weekend trying mm. to get in there now. Mm-hmm. 450 bucks. Yeah. And it's a two night minimum. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh, and that's the <laughs> other thing, two and three night minimums. Right. Uh, yeah, that that hurts. Now, what I'm wondering is, why haven't these colleges gotten into the hotel business?
1: Well, Virginia Tech has the Virginia Inn. and now, Do they uh, own that, though? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. And then okay. Uh, it's right on the campus. Well, that, well good on them. <laughs> and, and then uh, the, and I think that's $1,000 to nine. Yeah, because
0: having a <laughs> having facility, having a hotel on campus where you don't even have to get a cab or an Uber or anything, and you could do stuff on campus, assuming they've got enough restaurants and places you could do or, or nearby, that, i mean that's a bright idea i don't know why if, and, they, if they have the room
1: i don't know why more campuses aren't doing that and the university of alabama has the capstone Inn, so yeah. it's right there now i think the
0: maryland. maryland does have something they across the street they right. and i think maryland does run it that's so a they
1: holiday do. inn uh, yeah there in maryland I no, think. no no they're
0: no no the stadium. no the, maryland okay. has their own it's not holiday Inn oh, okay. across the street it's gotcha. it's called something else yeah right. it's it's very nice yeah. so
1: but it's i didn't get to watch much college football this weekend but uh uh, keep an eye on Tennessee. I'm telling you. I, I think they're – yeah, it's going to be – it's Tennessee. I think Tennessee and Florida this weekend.
0: Yeah, game day is going to be there. And, look, Tennessee, they had that win against Pitt. Pitt. That, you know Josh Heupel, they're they're starting to come around. That that program has been through hell in the last decade, and a lot of it internal reasons that they've they've hurt themselves. They couldn't get out of their own way, uh, but hopefully Heupel's turning it around. Uh, but you know, bottom line, uh, Mark, and you're seeing this now outside of really Georgia and Alabama. Because right now, Clemson is not the Clemson of old. They right. still, I think, offensively have issues, and their D.C. is now the head coach at Oklahoma. But And I'll even say this, even though I'm big Michigan and all that, outside of the top two, I'm telling you, you are really this year starting to see parity more than ever in college football not that it hasn't been there to some extent but to see it app state go to texas a&m to see a marshall go to notre dame and i'm not saying that that's the best notre dame team of all time that they have this season it's not but it's just amazing to see all of a sudden some of these schools i mean look Indiana had to go to overtime against an FCS school, against Western Kentucky, I believe it was, and they they have a traditional good program. But Northwestern lost to Southern Illinois, who's an FCS school. So I mean, you're starting to see more of that, and it's um, you know, it's makes
1: college football that much more interesting. I'm going to say the top three because Ohio State's still pretty good too. So
0: yeah, no, you the <laughs> fair fair enough, fair, but there's still questions about their defense though. Um, yeah, Whether they've gotten better, that's been an issue for them the last couple of seasons. That's the only reason I say that. Offensively, yeah, when healthy and all that, yeah, they're they're among the
1: elite when it comes to offenses, no doubt. And this will be a good test for Maryland this week with Michigan, number four Michigan, oh, too. Oh,
0: yeah, and way. it'll be Michigan's best test so far because they've played a cupcake non-conference schedule, but I think it actually helped them with ferreting out their quarterback situation, although now Kay McNamara, who had all this – resume and experience as a backup mark he comes into the game he's hurt mm-hmm. so if god forbid mccarthy goes down you're looking at a very inexperienced quarterback that will now be michigan's backup but yeah it uh, for michigan it'll be their toughest task but for maryland they're uh, <laughs> they're gonna have to come and bring their best game or otherwise it's gonna be ugly
1: all right let's turn our attention quickly to the nfl and, uh, boy, what a wild weekend it was. Uh, Sunday was absolutely crazy. Uh, the, the, uh, the Detroit Lions looked like the Super Bowl champions, uh, scoring 22 uh, points in the first half, doing it all sorts of ways, uh, limiting the commanders to just two first downs and 50-some yards of offense. Then the Commanders finally rally and get their stuff together. Yeah, they did big time. Come back and make it a game. Yeah. uh, But still ended up losing, I think, 36-27, if I remember correctly, something like that. Uh, The Ravens got out to a huge lead, and then... Miami came back and just torched the defense. Yeah, yeah,
0: 28 he, points in the fourth quarter. As I mentioned, the first half uh, interceptions that uh, Williams had for the Ravens at safety, the pickup from New Orleans, the free agency, um, it masked the fact that we could not stop their offense. Now, look, they got Waddle, they got Hill, they've got uh, Gasecki at tight end. That's a talented offensive team. That scheme fits them really well, and we just didn't know whether we were coming or going in that game. We did not figure them out at all. And what hurt the most is late in the game uh, to what appeared to be communication breakdowns that led to touchdowns that, you know, if one of them doesn't happen, we win the game. But we allow both to happen, and that's uh, that's a big problem.
1: Well, and for the Ravens, Yet the Browns, the Bungles, and the uh, Steelers all lose yesterday.
0: Yeah, that, that helped tremendously. But then conversely, look, oh, well, you had a chance to take the lead in the division. But, yeah, for Cincy to go into Dallas and lose to a Daklas uh, Dallas, that is, um, wow, their offensive line, which had issues last year, have issues major this year he got sacked uh burrow i think six times cleveland they give up two touchdowns within two minutes to the jets they blow that game and then the steelers off a big win at cincinnati week one, you think you're coming home against a patriots team that is not the same patriots team of old and uh, they end up uh, losing what by a field goal? Nineteen yeah. sixteen, I
1: think. Yeah, wow. the same way that uh, Dallas beat uh, Cincinnati with a field goal at the at the last yeah. second.
0: Well, give so. Dallas credit; they got out to a 14-3 lead. I'm now I'm not giving
1: well, Dallas any credit. Well, so. sorry, you got, you,
0: you got to give them a little <laughs> credit. But uh, yeah, it's um it's a crazy league to say the least. And you know, for the uh, you know, we'll see if these teams
1: bounce back this week. The Giants won. I mean, it, you know, they're
0: all to a two-and-zero start for the first time in six years. And by the way, uh, not that this audience, Matt you know cares necessarily but the jets the giants the yankees and mets all won yesterday for the first time in the same day since 2009 that's wow. 13
1: years ago wow yeah wow well, it's good to be in new just york a stat I, yeah. just a stat um, i heard yeah. useless stats but it's good to have yeah it's good to have so yep. Well, we'll see how it all plays out. But I want to thank everybody for listening to Time Out with Shore Sports. Don't forget, uh, Mike Bradley is going to be in the Edge Training Academy Studios Friday night uh, uh, producing our Preston Ford Game of the Week. And I've made the executive decision that uh, next week, because we haven't done a Bulldogs game yet this year, which is unusual uh, well, we, I, I see kind of a parting of the uh, yeah, <laughs> parting so, of the so ways. though. We, we're going to do a North Carolina at Easton on the thirtieth. So uh, okay, and uh, we'll do that. Um, and uh, Mark, we'll, now you, you can't be wearing your blue and white anymore. Now and I'm going to wear blue underwear. And, <laughs> I don't yeah, want to hear and, that. And and neither then does our audience. Orange socks, and, and then I'll have. <laughs> Yeah, you know, just my game day overtime. Mark, line, you're, an Easton, you're an Eastern
0: Warrior now, sir. You're an Eastern Warrior. Uh, that that you know that came with a contract signature.
1: I, 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 jo- I joke you know. around with you know the folks yeah. that have been Eastern fans yeah. for years, and yeah. you know <laughs> and while I was a Bulldog, and you know they like. So you're at Easton? I said, yeah, yeah. I'm a pumpkin head now. Times so. have <laughs> times have
0: changed. You know, I mean, I uh, things are things are crazy. You know, Warden Joseph retire.
1: McCormick comes back with a new staff. Mark Potter goes to Easton, it's, uh, I don't know what's going on. You know what, and I will, I'll be perfectly honest with you, We, we play Parkside this Thursday. And um, you know they're coming to town. By the way, you got to give kudos your JV team won last week. You're two and one. Yeah, yeah. We defeated uh, Y High. We were down six nothing. We finally woke up with about three minutes left in the uh, first half. Better and, late uh, than never, uh, Mar- <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> I'd like him to wake up a little earlier yeah. though. That'd so, be awesome. so does Al Waters <laughs> apparently with Queen Anne's right now. So we uh. marched about ninety yards down the field, scored before the half was up, and uh, ended up tagging on two more touchdowns in the second half. So uh, uh, doing it without Mike O'Connor. Who was going to be our starting quarterback? Yeah. But we've lost him for the season, yeah. and uh, he hasn't played a single snap for us during the regular season. And so you've had won't. to adjust on the fly. Oh yeah, you yeah. Know, we've had to. You know, we've we've made a guy that uh, last year, uh, I think in the pop corners, he was like an, a linebacker or something. Mm-hmm. And he'd never thrown. He'd never played football, never threw footballs. I mean, nothing of that. And, uh, you know, he had three touchdown passes last week. Jack Chappell. uh, Good for him. Yeah, so uh, getting it done.
0: Yeah, we need our JV update. And in fact, we need to get kind of a a mini JV update of all the teams if possible going on this podcast. Yeah, you
1: know what? We can start doing that. We can start doing that. Because, I mean, uh, those are
0: the feeders. I mean, obviously the rec teams are the fears of the high school, but JV is a feeder to the varsity team, so I think it's important to cover that uh, if we can.
1: Queen Anne's last week uh, came uh, back. They It was a back-and-forth affair with Parkside. Um, I just watched that game the other day, Mm -hmm. and uh, yesterday, in fact, and... uh uh, Queen Anne's ended up winning it with a field goal, thirty to twenty-seven. On oh, JV, wow! Yeah. How long was the field goal? Uh, probably it looked like thirty yards. Wow! At yeah. the JV level, that's yeah. impressive. That's yeah. really impressive. Everybody has a kicker, but us. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> they're yeah. like, Coach, why don't you punt? I said, because I don't know where the snap's going to yeah. go. Yeah, you know, I don't know if it's going to make it back to us. Well, I don't know where well, the coach, kick's going to go. Well, Coach, well that's uh, Coach. Uh, that, well, that's where you're there to work yeah, on it, right. though. So you know, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Decatur is absolutely amazing this year yeah i see and they're they, off to the they, three who did yeah. they
0: beat last week because they didn't they didn't play uh they didn't play um ken island i don't think or did they
1: you know i can't remember who they played maybe they but, did but it was uh-huh. a uh, uh yes they did they played Kent island okay they did yeah. okay and uh, and they beat them up they doubled up i think it was 32 16 yeah I, I think that's right correctly. you're right you're right yeah so uh yeah i mean decatur's really good north Carolina, they're unbelievable at the JV level, to see those kids executing James McCormick's wing T is, I think they're 3-0. So, mm. you know, they're off to a good start.
0: Let, let me just say this real quickly, and I had a conversation with one of the big side coaches.
1: That JV team destroyed Milford's JV team. Did they? Last Monday. Like wow. 40-something to nothing. That's impressive. Yeah, and That's it's impressive. scary for me. Where I was going with that a second yeah, ago I'm sorry. was, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we have Parkside this week. Yeah next week i return to the rich ah i dread that the prodigal
0: son comes I, home I, I well not exactly that. i, I no. dread
1: i dread that just because mm-hmm. i have so much you know i have i have so much love for the rich you know we but, know but now know. i got to now i got to put it aside you know when uh, when you But been you can there, do that you have been that. there for like 12 years i know years, i know you're right i you understand know, i mean it would be like you know, what, Marty Schottenheimer when, you know, he went back to uh, to Kansas City when he coached the Redskins. You know, it's just. I'd say more it's it, like going back to Cleveland for him. Okay, well, that too. <laughs> Take your pick. But, you know, it's just, you know, it, I'm looking forward to the opportunity. Yeah. And it, but it's just, it's going to be so different, you know, walking by the stone and going to the. Other side to the mark. other side yeah <laughs> well you've crossed to the other side mark with uh I, with the, you know yeah. i wonder i wonder if they would let me have the home side <laughs> <laughs>
0: I d- no i <laughs> well, doubt I d- it
1: let's call mccormick and ask yeah. him well he's in school
0: I, right I, now I, so. <laughs> I doubt i doubt they'll do that no i certainly understand that and look we we had the conversation with uh, coach coleman when he left cambridge yeah. to go to to Stephen and Cater. well he he had retired for a year to, right. to you know to watch his son and support his son and and such but yeah, look Cambridge will always be home for him. He always loves Cambridge. So, and you get that. You understand that. Right. And so, I, I no. And all joking aside, I understand what you're saying there uh, with that. But yeah, let's let's get some JB updates. And um, I'll just say this real quick. I had a conversation with a Bayside coach over the weekend. And Mark, not to look ahead to next year already, but. Now, greater with Queen Anne's Smothers graduates, that's a big loss. But you look at Queen Anne's as a young team. Kent Island only had four returning starters this year we look at. North Carolina is a younger team. Easton's playing some younger players, although they'll graduate some big guys like O'Connor. Decatur is a young team. Uh, Colonel Richardson is a young team. You take a look at some of these teams next year. J.M. Bennett is a young team. You take a look at some of these teams for the next two three years, and then you talk about any JV feeders like for Caroline. Uh, this base side from one through you know at least seven or eight is going to be unbelievable the next couple of years and highly competitive. At least it it, it appears on the surface right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely, and and I think that. Uh... You know, Coach McCormick, I mean, not Coach McCormick, Coach McGriff, uh, Griffith, McGriffith, McGriffith, <laughs> Coach Griffith is already looking at my roster thinking ahead to next year, mm-hmm. you know, as to who can I take and, sure. and, and you know, who's, who's going to be able to help my football team. Um, you know, because Griffith and McCormick are a lot alike in that. They're not calling kids up unless they're playing.
0: Yeah, which I yeah. agree with that philosophy. I, I know some people say, yeah, but they get to practice with them. But I, ultimately, it's it, to me, it's about getting game time, playing experience. Yeah,
1: I mean, you figure Griffith's starting two sophomores, three sophomores, a freshman, two freshmen. Mm-hmm. So... You know that's on his offense and defense, I and mean, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, so. yeah,
0: no, absolutely, and uh, that's what I just mentioned I mean, Easton's playing some young players, yeah. even though you guys have a a lot of seniors on that team and a big freshman class that came in uh, with populations. So, yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. Thanks for listening today. We appreciate it. Join us next Tuesday, right here. We'll have another podcast out for you after my return from uh, Alabama. Yeah, so, we well, can't look to, can't wait to hear all about yeah, it. Looking forward to that as well. Make sure you share. You can also check out ShoresportsMD.com Be looking for Mike's picks on the Overtime Live page. They should be up uh, uh, maybe while you're listening this. Uh, well, his uh, power poll will be up probably by the time you're listening to this. It will be, yes. And then his picks will be up Thursday night. And we're going to try and start getting the uh, pregame videos up by Thursday night as well. Uh, for I
0: don't think folks. it hurts to do that. Yeah, yeah. just to so, give a little bit more time. Yeah,
1: to try and get everybody an opportunity to see what the coaches have to say. For Mike Bradley, I'm Mark Potter. So long, we'll catch you next week right here with Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group.
0: You've been listening to the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Look for another timeout soon here on shoresportsmd.com.